0: Welcome to Folk and Beyond with Air Steven for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet.
1: This is multi million album selling folk singer Andy Friedman, and you're listening to 91.1 WTJU Charlottesville, the sound choice in central Virginia. Maybe I exaggerated too much, I should have said multi hundred thousand album selling. A dozen albums selling. <laughs> Multi-album selling folk songwriter Andy Friedman. Oh, yeah. Well,
0: well, old Pennsylvania late fall. Well, well, old Pennsylvania late fall. Got the heat turned up so high you can smell the wall. Orange leaves outside. Dry logs along the drive. Orange leaves outside, dry logs along the drive. Bruce Hornsby in the range, playing on the little hi-fi. Mom is taking a nap, wrapped up in an Aztec sun. Mom is taking a nap, wrapped up in an Aztec sun. Telephone grooves black as the night left to come miles just to get some milk No aluminum siding, that's not the way this house was built October Fest sky opens the polka band takes a break Fest sky opens, the polka band takes a break Rain beating on the tent and shooting polka dots on top of the lake I don't live there anymore, but I guess from there I'll always be. I don't live there anymore, but I guess from there I'll always be. Got a box full of pictures and a head full of hemlock trees.
2: this is air steven with wtju and i'm back in amanda's old room and this time with andy friedman you know somebody once told me that there that you might have had something to do with the actual name of this studio now
1: yeah yeah that might have been me who told you that (laughs) and i did have something to do with it because i named it that
2: (laughs) i have to say of all the things that i've seen you write and do through the years that it's kind of like saying this is Andy Friedman's jeans and this is Amanda's old roommate, you know, it, really I would have thought you would have come up with something that
1: would have... Been... I understand what you're saying, but this this was years in the making. <laughs> I had to find somebody named Amanda to live here. So this Doing took time. a long time. We had There was some guy named Charlie, I think, that was living here first. I got him out and I found this woman named Amanda French. Time. She seemed like a compatible roommate. Uh, she was moved in here and then I had to figure out how to get out of here so that we could name the room after her so it really was a lot more complicated than you think and that ultimately was the plan. And here we are. Alas.
2: (laughs) The first time I think I saw you was behind a slide projector. I was a bit suspect at that time.
1: Yeah as was I.
2: That was your art form and it was a visual art. But it involved other things as well, and you classified it as... Somebody wrote slideshow poet poet or somebody else called you that. And
1: I I ran with that. I was painting pictures at the time, and and was only looking for a way to travel like Paul. We went to college together, and I I watched him decide to become a musician, and then watched him travel around with his buddies, and go away for a couple of weeks, and it it just seemed like a lot of fun, and I'd be painting the whole time in the studio, and All I was trying to do is have breakfast in strange places also. As a painter, where's that opportunity? So it took me a while to uh, conceive how I'll make that happen. So I made slides of my pictures. I I was writing a lot of poetry and I decided to give it a shot. I I traveled around with the projector and accompanying uh, spoken verse with the pictures combining them together i thought as logically as a musician pairs sung lyrics with sounds from the instrument you know so that was the motivation it started with the just how to get the images on the road it wasn't like i was trying to develop some kind of um, avant-garde crazy plan it just it seemed like that from the outside i mean it doesn't seem any any weirder than when you think about it than warbling melodies over a wooden box that has cat doing guts stretched across a, a hole, you know, <laughs> but we come to accept one thing as conventional form doing of expression. So I, I was just doing, doing what I could to travel and, and share my, my work with live people.
0: I get a lot done when I'm drinking. Drinking up an empty room in a solid town. While a red stage light catches me waiting at the bar. Empty blues, empty hallways. But a woman I met in another city. Broader friends, you tracked me down now the room there's a few more years some gasoline, shot a drunken dream, some blood, some money doing nothing with my
2: you picked up a guitar in 2005 then so that's about six Mm -hmm. years ago
1: well I picked up a guitar in 2002 but then promptly put it back down I didn't even strum so the first time I picked it up and actually played was 2005 I was encouraged by some band members I I was doing the slideshow just me um, with a slide projector and my own uh, words Came across a Hank Williams "Luke the Drifter" record where he, uh-huh. s- a spoken parable. parables, oh, it was his and, gospel stuff. Yeah, it was spoken word, and there was some nice little country beats going on behind it. And I thought, you know, that that's cool. I've taken this spoken word thing for a while, and that's it might be kind of nice. That might be a, a nice thing to do. And I got a couple of willing musicians. At first, I was finding people on the day of show. I'd roll into Montana or something and go into an acoustic-friendly venue, and I'd see a poster on the wall for some band playing and I'd figure out how to get in touch with that band. I'd tell them I was traveling from New York with this crazy show and would you come and meet me here and play some whatever. they say what kind of music do you want? to play? Just whatever you want. Just play country music while I do this poetry. That, so for about six months from city to city I was traveling. Well, the, the music was coming from people I didn't meet until I got on the stage. But then I hired my own band who then encouraged me to uh, pick up a guitar and just try strumming along so you know it'd be easy it's just a couple of chords so i learned g c and d and then i started singing the poems that i was speaking and i sort of fooled myself into you know writing songs they were they were songs suddenly and, and a, a friend of mine who i really respect david gates the writer suggested that the pictures were now nothing more than distractions from the songs and i never even thought i was making songs but then i got really interested in that idea and i kind of thought you know these paintings i'm making paintings now <laughs> the songs themselves have turned into the paintings i always wanted to make and it felt really good and i got really serious about it and that's that's sort of how it all all happened kind of tricked myself
2: did you find that you were Everyone else was getting all the that the, they were the chick magnets, the ones with the guitars, and the, the guy with the slide projector wasn't the guy that was.
1: Yeah, no. yeah, I, I, I uh, I, uh. It's a valid question. Right? It's a valid question. Yeah, it. Uh, it is. It reminds me when I when I first sold the, uh, my cartoons to The New Yorker under the name Larry Hatt. Uh, I was doing one-liner gag cartoons, and David Remnick, the editor of the magazine, came up to me in the hall. He was sort of joking, and the, we passed each other in the corridor, like and he said, What are you so doing changing your name to Larry Hat? Don't you know the cartoonists get all the girls?
2: <laughs> Speaking of cartoonists, yeah. that's really another thing you do, and, and you're so multidimensional. You've had lots of drawings published in national and international type of magazines, like The New Yorker.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And Why you draw on the road that, when mm. you travel as well?
1: Yeah, all the time. It's a lot of work, and I love doing it. And it, I sort of fell into it a long time ago, and it's it's become its own career, and they're both this full-time thing. It's, it's traveling, you know, writing songs, playing music, and drawing, uh, you know, what's happening in the news for, for magazines and newspapers that ask me to draw for them. And uh, I'm delighted to do it, and I love doing that. But it does make road sometimes very hard because... A typical day, I'm not saying this is every day, but a typical day might be Driving for seven hours, getting a hotel room, converting the hotel room into a studio, going to the sound check, doing the show, getting back to the hotel room at about 3 in the morning, getting some sleep, waking up, getting room service at 7.30 in the morning, drawing for four hours, cleaning up the studio, and then hitting the road for another seven hours and do it again. And sometimes that can happen three or four days at a time. You you thought this was going to be fun and not work. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I knew knew it would be work and it still is fun. As of this date, I, I still have not lost sight of how fulfilled I feel, and how the original vision of, uh, like I said, eating breakfast in strange towns is still exciting every time. Even a day like today, where I only had three hours of sleep today. We were in Baltimore last night. We got here about 4:30 in the morning. I had to wake up at seven uh, to do something and, and do some drawing. And it seems like today I, was, I might have been out of it or what. But we had a great. Barbecue lunch and we took in the sun and then we sat in the grass for a little bit. I knew while it was happening that this is the dream fulfilled for me. And sometimes I don't even think about that when I'm on the stage, I'm in another world just sharing my songs, but the dream part of it really is, you know, sitting in the grass on a Tuesday, two in the afternoon, so I, I've not taken any of that for granted, even when I'm really tired and overworked. When I come home I have two kids and a wife. and you know, it's it's not like I go out and take a two-week-long vacation when I'm on tour. It's it's almost more more uh, relaxing to be at home with a three-year-old and a five-year-old. Wake me up at six. You know, it's not an escape from anything, but it is it is a large part of that dream. It's strange towns and strange scenes, and you can't avoid seeing those things as you travel because that's what it is. That's what it's fabricated out of.
0: Like a silent film, the clouds roll in. You get caught in the weeds, you gotta do it again I was put on the earth to paint the pearls on women's ears I could write about you for a few more years You gave me the stars, you gave me
2: logs to burn Down by the willow, you didn't say a word Does your dream have a motive? Is there something that you have either in the foreground or in the background of your thoughts that this is bettering the world, this is changing people, this is changing things for the better? Something like that, is there a motive?
1: Yeah, there is a motive in that way. Um, You know, sometimes I don't know if this is my therapy or if I'm a therapist, and maybe sometimes it's both, but I am a product of musicians and artists who have put themselves out there. To uh, make sense of their own lives in their art and I've become a better person for their work and so whether I'm broken-hearted or jubilant or um, mourning the loss of someone or something there's always been songs for me to figure out what this uh, what the immediate experience is all about and the songs have always been there when sometimes friends can't even help you you know I don't take that for granted and when you're having a really hard day to know that you could mine it for uh, a song and pass that on so that somebody somewhere might be going through something and they might say you know that song really helped me there's you know you get this little secret wonderful smile uh, that I can't help but feel because I figure like the formula is working. I'm a product of that and then it blossomed into its own thing and now somebody else is using it and they're going to take that and pass it on and it sounds very it might sound a little trite or cliche for me to say this and it might sound like oh he's just saying that. That's not that's too perfect but it's really true. I mean it's no different than the religious experience. There's questions that need answers. We don't have all the answers. We turn to wherever we can to find answers, I think, congregate as a people and pass things on and deliver sermons and make sense of things and read prayer books and sing songs. So in a certain so, way, you know, like I say, I don't know if sometimes I'm in the place of worship or whether I'm the preacher, but maybe probably both. We're probably all a little bit of both at times. And that, that's definitely a motive. I think of that a lot when I travel. Whether there's 150 people in the room listening or or two, I never discount the fact that one of those people might really need these songs. And if that's the case, that's what I'm here for. When there's only one in the audience, they have a whole lot of responsibility to pay attention. (laughs) Well, they're usually running sound. (laughs) yeah. So they have to pay attention. Do you want to play us a song? I'd love to. And I guess, you know what? that might be a great segue to the first song on the new record. The, the new record is called Laser Beams and Dreams, and it sort of uh, deals exactly with the things I was just talking about. Um, I tried to explain to my grandfather before he, he passed away, he was concerned that I, that I had never found religion, and I was trying to explain to him that I did, and so I wrote a song based on this this, uh, this conversation and, and letter that I wrote to him. And, and why don't you introduce to yeah, us? Yeah, I'd love to. This is uh, Mr. David Goodrich right here.
3: Hello, everybody.
1: Uh, Goody and I made the record together with uh, Stefan Crump, who's back in Brooklyn, the, the bass player. Um, Ready, Goody? Yes.
0: It's time for church. Five o'clock. Pour a drink. Let the record play. It's time for worship. In a quiet place. Collect my tears. Listen to the sermon. Ward off all fear, pour another. Do it again. It's Sunday evening. The sky is Brooklyn Dodger blue. The cars already move. I'm staying in. Cut the wheat from the chain To find Pure religion I need it like Sunday And grandpa cried The sky Is Brooklyn Dodger blue Cars already mood. I'm staying in
2: time for church the opening cutoff of laser beams and dreams the brand new cds on city salvage records produced by andy and david right here in this room as well and stefan you know i I was originally hired to produce the record but as it got
3: going along it really was clear that no one person was really producing it. We were really
2: all accepting responsibility for capturing the moment. Does Stefan always play upright bass? No, he plays electric as well. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's what I always saw him play with Jen in in her trio. Yeah, and he plays, you know, upright. He's a really um, well accomplished
3: upright player in his own music that he has uh, with the uh, Rosetta trio. It's really fantastic. Uh It was a joy to play with him and Andy as well on this record.
2: Speaking of Stefan Crump, who is uh, married to Jen Chapin, Harry Chapin's daughter, because of this connection, one of the guitars that you played some songs with came from Harry Chapin.
1: Yeah, that was special. We were in the studio and, um, well, our kids and their kids are very good friends and we live right down the block from each other. And that's how, how we met the Chapin Crumps, actually, and we've become very close and I always saw that guitar hanging there. And my perception was always that Harry Chapin he wasn't the kind of guy like Steven Stills that has a you know truckload of guitars. He had this one Martin and sometimes he had this twelve string guitar. And I always wondered if that was the guitar on the wall that he wrote, you know, Cats in the Cradle with or, or whatever. Taxi. I mean I love I grew up with that red taxi. was just one of one of my favorites growing up, and I, I still love that album. I think I asked her something about, I wasn't asking to borrow it, but she, I was asking something about the guitar and I think she was maybe waiting for me to ask if I could borrow it. And there was this moment and she said, yeah, sure, you could borrow it. And I sort of went, well, I wasn't, I wasn't going to, she said, no, please, it needs, it needs, it needs this. It doesn't get played enough. Take it. And she, I don't know if she realized what a big deal that was for, for me, to be holding that guitar.
2: She was reading your mind. Yeah, and it was we awesome. Need to talk, Andy. You can borrow
1: it. <laughs> really special. So she <laughs> let me use it. We ended up using it for uh, yeah, two songs on the record, uh, Quiet Blues and a song called Roll On John Harold." we were both recorded with that with that guitar.
2: Wow, and two totally different types of songs. One's kind of a driving, almost electric number Yeah. on, on the album, at least, and the other one is a very quiet song that's
1: right and in fact we (laughs) recorded John Harold and this is the thick of the summer it was very hot we did that in I think maybe one take really sweaty driving loud and I felt bad for saying she gives me this precious guitar and the first thing I do with it is is pretty much beat the hell out of it she said later that that's just what it needed
0: Harold drove in of the night, headed north on 87 to his rented log cabin. The club owner put up a fight, but curtains on his windows were thin. Sun bleached the memorabilia within. John ate oatmeal from a bowl, and his clothes were too small. And he drove a white Nissan sedan roll on. Roll on, John Harold, roll on. Roll on, John Harold, roll on. Roll on. John Harrell drove into the night, John Harrell drove into the night, after the show, he had to go, the club owner put up a fight, the Green Bride Boys were a band, from New York City, and America, I wanted to shake John's hand, you gotta understand, John was there when it all hit the fan, roll on, roll on John Harrell, roll on, roll on John Harrell, roll on. Roll
4: on, John Harrell roll on.
0: Life. Life. I, I knew John, John Harrell had died. There's a photo of him with, with Rob friends and Dylan on stage at the gaslight. John didn't have kids or a wife. That club owner didn't treat him right. I wonder who drives his car, who plays
4: George's guitar. John Harrell will never be let die.
1: You're right. That song is really, really driving and really loud. And and we were we were all sweating and trembling after we captured that song. And everybody started taking their instruments off to take a break. And I decided, no, no, let's keep let's keep going. Let's, let's, and we recorded Quiet Blues w- well, pretty much without a break, kind of like a biathlon. So what you hear on the record. Is pretty much the way it was recorded. Almost like the pause between the songs. Well, the was whole really album was
2: pretty much
1: a feel live. Oh it yeah, it was in the
2: studio, but it was live. And, and
1: we were sitting like as close as
3: we are now. We there wasn't a lot of isolation, no headphones, just but
2: playing in the room,
3: and you know I had a little amp here kind of baffled off but what you hear on the record is like exactly how we heard it. We didn't even mix it. Did you so, roll
2: tape the whole time? Well, only roll when tape, we were,
3: stream bits well, I guess well, we, we don't roll Yeah, really we were digitizing it the whole time. No, but there weren't a lot of takes because we would just do a take and we would go maybe
1: do another and go, no, the first
3: one was in. It. it was very it
1: was loose and free, oh, you know. A lot of the songs that are on the record, I, I was merely demonstrating the progressions and the feel of the song because there were some songs that I had just written and that didn't care to send off to Stefan and, and Goody. I wanted to save it for the studio, you know, in the way that Miles Davis would enter studio with a couple of notes. Because I, I think we all wanted to make a... Ooh. We made a distinction between getting together and making a record or, or making a recording. We sort of made a recording of what of what happened. But a lot of the takes that are on that record were uh, the first time that Goody and Crump ever even heard the songs, let alone me even playing them. So you know, and my approach with Knowing Andy was that I didn't want to come in and be living
3: in the past while we were recording it, like having worked out stuff. So he had sent me these demos, and I purposely didn't listen to them or practice to them. And that was it, because I wanted it to be fresh, spontaneous, like not all worked out these parts. Nowadays you can work parts to death and you have the ability and time to do that. But we just went in and it was all, we did all the work in our just private lives and it was like painting and we went and just realized it and it was done and we moved on, it was crazy. Kind of a very old school way of doing it but it was really um, exciting for the three of us. And Crump and I make a lot of records so we're, we're used to working uh, all different ways and, and we were very, um, Moved by this process of recording with Andy. It was very special to the both of us. It wasn't just like a normal session.
0: The motel on the lake, or a fountain like a crown. The irresistible inferno, or diamonds on her gown. Paul Dima and his band in the terrace room. Children. On their honeymoon Now a wooden splintered swordfish ducks Behind a browning pine The borscht belt whips the children No one's on the party line Benny's boats sail off in a row Nothing plays at the hippodrome a twisted hollow tree who once danced like Jennifer Grey is frozen now entangled like a Catskill mountain Pompeii listen really close and you can
2: hear it breathe You called it painting but I might offer photographing absolutely in the sense that a painting would to me would be one of the other processes Mm -hmm. you described where you actually work it and work it and then maybe layer it and then put another one and then what you just did you did over until you find it probably better yeah but it was a snapshot of your music that's exactly what it was and we um
3: we knew not to mess with it and not to get in and try to like create
1: the red eye on Andy or whatever right 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 you know there, it's a snapshot where when you get it back from the from the drugstore or wherever you get it developed there's that ghostly image in the f- snapshot and you go oh my god I don't remember that being there it's the it's that kind of snap. if we're yeah. talking snapshots they are those kind of snapshots but then you like it with little I didn't uh, see that but I like it right yeah. exactly yeah. yep Absolutely. yep yeah we put it out exactly we, we were done the, done with the record and we spent the whole, we had a whole extra day left in the studio that we, uh, you know, we purchased the time and all we did was listen to the record over and over and we thought this is what we obviously like to listen to, let's put it out this so way. So like Goody said, we didn't we didn't mix the record.
0: I always thought I was pretty great. When I look back, I can see that I wasn't so great. I wasn't so great I wasn't so great In terms of What I'm doing Today I think it's Pretty great I or not it is I suppose I'll have to wait I suppose I'll have to wait I suppose I'll have to wait I suppose for me find out I'm great.
2: You're listening to Andy Friedman on WTJU. Do you find yourself intimidated in a certain sense of, I know that, well, when I play guitar, I'm a simple guitar player. I know lots of chords and I play guitar and its guitar but and if I have other musicians around me that are really good musicians it becomes way more than I can do myself but yet I always have a certain bit of self-loathing to the fact that I'm not a musician in the sense of of a player right but you from you're the songwriter Mm -hmm. but how do you feel about your progression and and are you hard on yourself do you feel you're making the progress you want or yeah it's not meant to to be i I
1: hear what you're saying um yeah i I never called myself a musician until this record and uh i tried to not call myself a musician once and stefan and goody kind of yelled at me for saying that and 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 i think that playing with those guys also um Brought out the musician. Look, musician is a relative term. You know, I, I'm not Rachmaninoff. I, I don't have the facility that uh, Goody has. You know, and I can't read or write music. And it's a. It's a, sometimes music can be just a sense of feel. And um, and a, to
2: me, a musician is almost a profession. It's a. If you can make your living at it, then you're. a musician. Oh, then I'm definitely a musician. <laughs>
1: Being a player yeah. <laughs> is a different thing, right? Right. As far well, as in I the mean, music. I were, You know. You know. Um, well, yeah. Or you could say I maybe if I didn't call myself a musician, but I, I mean, I play about ninety or hundred shows a year around the country. For you know, I, you could be called a professional performer too. Right. But um, but this is the first, and I said it last night actually after throwing Baltimore, talking to some people. I, what comes out of my mouth now is that I say things like, "This is the first time I ever felt like I was actually making music." On a stage, rather than singing my songs or expressing myself or sharing my poetry, these are all valid things and all things that I were was doing. But this this latest development in my own personal evolution or development or progress as a human or whatever you want to call it is for me. You know, I feel like I'm making music. Like the sounds now have um, a purpose unto themselves. Uh, you know, if that answers any question but at the same time if we're all getting together and jamming and and everybody's playing songs i'm the first to bow out i don't i don't and i have a vast record collection i know all the songs everyone's singing but i don't i didn't grow up listening to the beatles and emulating them and trying to do what they did and memorize songs and nor did I do it with Hank Williams, you know, I can't even probably sing I'll Fly Away right now if you asked me to I, I couldn't do it. I know the songs, you know on that token sometimes it's frustrating, you know I don't ha- I can't just jump in. I only know my songs It's making me curious as are learning other how to play other songs But I, so there's some things I can do and some things you can't and I think the, the pursuit in anyone, in anyone's life, maybe, is just sort of embrace that reality. There's some things one can do, some things you can't, some things are in c- your control, some things are not, and you decide what you're going to care about and what you're not going to care about. I'm
0: going home. After I get there, my kids will be happy I hope they don't hate me because I've been gone I hope they might travel the road that might call To their own happy children after I'm gone Going home Studies the year, sting to my collar, make one person happy, just like the old song. I love her too much to pretend that I'm wrong. and buying up stoop sales and sleeping on the most comfortable mattress in the world going on. It's not because they know who I am. Going home. Going home.
2: We're back with Andy Friedman. Do you use all the songs you write, or do you have 20, 50 that you don't even. No, yeah, there's some I don't really
1: touch. Yeah. There's some I don't touch, or some that took me, uh, you know, that are halfway there towards what, you know, some of their uh, sketches of other songs or a lot. I don't write. I don't. Lock myself in a room and write. I write by keeping a notebook and writing down one word at a time, if that's what's interesting. And as I drive, sometimes a little line will come to my head. I just write it down. I don't think about it. I don't think about what it might mean or how it might sound in a song. And after a couple of months, I look at all these little one-liners and then I start to weave it together like a tapestry. Like uh, Furry Lewis once said his method was thinking of things and rhyming them up. It's pretty mm-hmm. utilitarian and that's the purpose for me. It should be easy life is really hard, you know And I did the whole academic uh, Approach to art you know painting making pictures that took three years to make and and that was fun and served its purpose But I've gotten very interested in you know, life is hard art should be easy And that's an easy thing to believe in but a hard thing to trust uh-huh. and So the result is usually something worthwhile because we're all filled with a lot of self-doubt. So I try to make it as easy and honest as I can.
2: Do you find yourself revisiting your old poetry or your older spoken
1: words to see if there's songs you missed? Yeah, sometimes. you're putting things to music? Sometimes. I did that with Taken Man, the Mm. the first record I ever made, which we made right here in in this room. The first thing I ever put out was a book of Polaroid photos, pencil drawings, and a 35-page poem. And the book was called Drawings and Other Failures which I'm I, you know, now out of, of print, but... Oh, yeah? Yes. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, it's a little pocket-sized thing. I'm glad you have that. And, um, you know, so a lot of the first songs were culled from that 35-page poem. I bet you if you if you went back, you, go you'd back recognize and take some lines from Taken Man. And then uh, the book after that was called Future Blues, and it was a collection of Polaroid photos that were paired with little one-liners. And a lot of those one-liners... Are the song searchers uh, Brooklyn boogie, which is I think the third song on taken man. There's a lot You know, so, so yeah, I did that at a point and then I like a junk shop I sort of picked it clean so I, I haven't gone back to that in a long time And it's was a long time ago already, so I sort of moved past those but there was oh. a time that I was, I was definitely doing that interesting Can you play us another tune
2: from? Yeah, you can play it from a new album when you haven't released it all yet know. or even quiet blues or something?
1: You want to hear quiet blues? I can play quiet blues for you. Yeah, I think quiet blues would be great. All right. All right, I got to request it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Quiet blues, nothing but me and the wind. Quiet blues, nothing but me and the wind Quiet blues, glad you found me again Quiet blues, listen what it sings to me Quiet blues, listen what it sings to me Quiet blues, four minutes and thirty-three Cicada's in the night doing who knows where I went Cicada's in the night doing who knows where I when. Moonlight shimmers like a mirror ball in a gym cellular phone, got a digital depression, drove the quiet blues away, digital depression drove the quiet blues away, hey commands and see, bring the quiet blues back to me.
2: Quiet Blues from Laser Beams and Dreams, Andy Friedman and David Goodrich, performing for you here in Amanda's old room on the road. This is Air Steven. Thanks so much for being
1: with us. My pleasure.
4: You wouldn't know if you didn't take the drive, finding six hours past cities, past fields and mountains of the country on a Jonathan Schwartz afternoon. Out of range, off the highway, against the wind advancing. Rattling a flagpole and gravel stepped upon. Watching cars and trucks make time. A rest stop. The size of a cabin, hidden deep in the woods, where a man in a closet with brooms and buckets smokes a filter tip. Watching a movie on TV. With black and white voices that echo the world on the waking side of a dream, wears a tan ensemble and plays cards alone on a table he keeps in the car. While a leafless tree explodes majestically up over the rooftop and into the day, it spreads its veins above Shroon Lake like a firework on the fourth. I was, I had it there, but oh, I fucked man, up. Oh
2: that was great.
4: Such a line. You didn't take the drive. You would know this was happening on a bright weekend day. But then who knows what I missed at home.
2: Folk and Beyond
0: with Air Steven for a journey into contemporary folk music from
2: all over the planet.